0: Hey guys, welcome to the Short Term Show special episode series on Shenandoah, Virginia. A couple things I want to hit you with first before we get into the episodes. One, current purchase prices and current income data can be found on our website at theshorttermshop.com. So make sure you check that out because that can change all the time also if you guys want to hang out with us and just talk about short-term rental stuff you can do that with us and sixty thousand of our closest short-term rental investor friends at our facebook group same title as my book short-term rental long-term wealth make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and all of our podcasts if you can because that really helps us out uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Short-Term Shop YouTube, and then also follow us on Instagram at The Short-Term Shop. And if you're ready to buy a house with us in any of our 20 markets, you can email us at agents at or really any of the avenues that I just gave you. Now let's get into it there we go short term show special episodes it's uh shenandoah shenandoah we're going to talk about uh, things that come up common occurrences and uh what we have to deal with kind of on a daily basis a little bit dabbling uh, in management here today and um how to get a management plan together uh for for this lovely market um i guess uh let's talk housekeepers so um pretty simple there cut and dry we're just uh sh- sending them a calendar are they easy to find how many of them are there uh do we you know uh, uh i believe we already got into that subject a little bit on another podcast but uh let's let's talk housekeepers um just in general
1: yeah awesome so yeah it's going to be about the same as other markets as far as finding housekeepers and when it comes to how to work with them as far as like they the level to which they are comfortable embracing technology you know you know finding like a you know, iCalendar or something like that to be able to keep track of when guests are coming in. That's going to vary from person to person. Uh, it, it is worth, you know, you know bringing up as part of the interview process. When you're putting together your cleaning team, your turnover team, uh, ask them, you know, how how they keep track of, uh, you know, when the guests are coming in. And if that's going to, if, if there's a lot of friction there, if there's going to be a lot of uh, barriers to overcome, you know, it's worth uh, factoring in during that interview process. But, you know, a lot of them are, you know, they've got their, you know, some pretty slick-looking websites put out there. So that it, it's... Becoming more common for people to adopt technology, have good ways of, you know, tracking calendars and that kind of thing and, and staying in good communication. Uh, when it comes to, uh, to like who to hire, there's a lot of different companies out here and, and we can we can put some resources together for, for helping people to find that. Also, you know, worth bringing up turno.com. It seems like it's also picking up some momentum. So if you're having trouble finding a cleaning team and, uh, you know, not not getting much uh, traction there, you know, go to turno.com. It's worth, uh, you know, casting your line out there.
0: Yeah, something that a lot of folks uh, worry about is what do I do if the guest shows up to the house being dirty? Um, And in my experience, that is just not acceptable. It's not going to happen. It should not happen. If it does happen, 90% chance it was your fault as the host. uh, And so you just got to pay a little bit more attention and button up your calendar uh, system of sorts. There are many different ways to do that. Now, when I first started, that was an issue. It was a problem. It was kind of always in the back of your head like, oh man, are they going to show up to a dirty house today? but now we have so many ways to prevent that. Um, it's just, uh, it, it's, it's, it's just a wonderful thing, uh, you know, uh, with all this technology. And of course, I mean, the worst case scenario, you could, although we don't recommend you could look at your camera and see if the cleaner's car showed up that day, you know, worse, you know, just as a kind of a backup plan because you're going to put a camera on the front of the home pointed at the driveway, you know, for security purposes. So, um, there's always, uh, that option. And I, and I hear this all the time. Do I need a backup housekeeper? Uh, My answer to that is no. I do see some folks uh, thinking that that they do need that. I I don't think so. To me, the cleaner I hired should have their own backup plan. Uh, And that's, again, like Alan said, you got to talk about that in the interview process. What happens if you're sick? What happens if you go on vacation? What happens if somebody in your family gets sick? Uh, What happens if your car breaks down? They should say, well, my cousin fills in for me, that kind of thing. Uh, I've got another girl that uh, will handle this for me if I'm out on vacation, my Uh, My brother-in-law is is good at this as well, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, To me, having a backup cleaner is just kind of a waste of time, and um, it's almost like dangling a carrot in front of that person's face for no reason, you know. I I just don't think it's a good idea. Your cleaner should have a backup. Shouldn't be your problem. Uh, But again, showing up to a dirty house, it can happen. Um, if it was the cleaner's fault, I find that in most cases they are willing to jump over there and get it done in a timely manner. And I usually just send my guests to dinner, you know, on me, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, what about bugs? What kind of bugs do we have in this market? And uh, are they an issue? Do we need to get them? You know, sprayed on a monthly or annual basis, that kind of thing.
1: So here in the Shenandoah, um, I would say that probably the most common occurrences are going to be like what they call stink bugs. They're kind of like uh, shield bugs, stink bugs. I, I don't know the, the the scientific term for those, but those are going to be fairly common during the summer months, and 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 it's just going to happen just about everywhere. They come inside during like the winter, and then you know they just kind of find a little place to hide out during the winter, and then they come out during like the spring and summer months, and every once in a while, you're going to find them on like the windowsills and stuff like that um that's something that's, it's it's going to be hard to I, th- I think most pest control companies are going to find it hard to to treat for those uh, you might find you know some local pest control that can you know find a creative solution for some of those and and just sealing up your property making sure it's uh, nice and tight uh, is going to prevent a lot of that you're going to find also you know like some of these like carpenter bees Uh, They get after your deck sometimes. And if you've got like a cabin with some exposed wood, uh, that's something you're going to want to keep track of and make sure you're, uh, you're staying on top of that because those things can work very quickly. I mean, you know, just outside my my house, I've got this thing, a wooden mailbox stand. And it just seemed like in one year, that thing went from being, you know, solid and brand new to having like little holes, but I blew me away how fast those things can work, but those carpenter bees can really get after things. So it's something you want to keep track of. And I would say, you know, always, just about in every vacation market here on the East Coast, you're going to want to keep track of like termites. So part of that uh, initial inspection you want to do, if you're if you're putting together like a property, you're, you're acquiring it for the first time. Make sure you do that wood destroying insect inspection, because that'll give you a good clue about what's going to be in that local area. So termites, you know, uh, carpenter ants, carpenter bees, all that kind of stuff. Make sure that those are are being kept in check. And that's a good opportunity to talk to whoever's doing that inspection, saying, hey, what are my treatment options? What, what can I do to prevent this from becoming an issue? And so yeah, termites wood destroying insects, and as always, just about in every vacation market, you're gonna run across the you know, the occasional instance of you know bed bugs and that kind of stuff. That happens to everybody. Uh, there are treatment options for it. Don't let that freak you out. Don't let that just uh, you know stop you in your tracks. It is there are ways to take care of it, and you can just you know treat it as it as it comes. But uh, I don't know, Luke, what what do you have to? what are your thoughts here?
0: Yeah, just to reiterate what you said, uh, I do think you should get the uh, insect uh, inspection as part of your home inspection. Usually it can be, sometimes it can be the same guy doing that that job, or maybe you need to get a, a, a licensed uh, bug guy in there to do that portion of it. Uh, that being said, I would like to encourage you to not uh, freak yourself out on the findings of such a report. Um, you know, having seen I went to home inspector school. I've seen, I mean, probably in the thousands of home inspections in my career, hundreds of my own uh, purchases. And uh, if you're looking at a home inspection or any kind of pest inspection or well inspection, any, any kind of inspection for the first time, it can be very scary. Uh, be prepared. Watch as many YouTubes as you can. There are going to be a lot of things on that. I mean, not that there's a lot of YouTubes on the subject other outside of the Short Term Shop channel. And we would love, love for you to stay here and hang with us. But, um, you know, there are going to be things on that report. Uh, there are going to be, Alan said, there are, there are already said there's there's carpenter bees in the area, which means there will be holes in your house. They are unavoidable. they are boring holes in there to lay their larva. And then the worst part is, is the the uh, woodpeckers come along, drill the hole out so they can get to the eggs, to the larva and and have a nice little meal. So then the hole gets bigger. These are always fixable. And you know, I mean if the house has been left to its uh, all alone for 20 years, then maybe you got you've got some decent sized problems on your hand. But if it's a home that's been taken care of and stained on a regular basis, painted on a regular basis, usually the painter or the stainer is going to take care of that stuff because nine times out of 10, those holes from the wood-boring insects uh, uh, that we're speaking of right now, which would be uh, these flying, you know, uh, wood-boring uh, insects of the bees and the woodpeckers, different than termites. I'll get to that. Uh, uh, they uh, they usually are just doing it in fashion, you know, like a one by six or a one by eight, um, which is uh, quite frankly, uh, uh, about $6 at Home Depot <laughs> uh, and readily available. The hardest part about the holes that these carpenter bees and woodpeckers are causing is that they are generally very far from the ground so a lot of times you may need a very tall ladder or even a lift to get up there and fix or replace uh, and that's why the stain painter comes in handy because he's already going to have to be up there painting and staining and to replace a little one by eight fascia piece of fascia is not a big deal so they'll generally just do that uh, otherwise they'll just fill the holes in uh, you know, with, uh, with wood filler or whatever they find necessary, depending on the size of the hole. And then they'll paint over it and you'll never even know it was there. So if you're keeping up on the home, um, then, then this is not an issue. Um, uh, also if the seller was not keeping a- up on it, maybe you use it as a, some sort of, a. in depending on your market, uh, the market uh, seems to change every day right now. Uh, maybe you use that in, as a, uh, negotiation tactic. Hey, you got a bunch of, maybe the seller doesn't realize how easy that job can be. It may not be easy in your circumstance. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but it can be. Um, so maybe you say, Hey man, this house is filled with carpenter bee holes. I need, you know, X amount of bucks off the, uh, and, and see, throw it out there and see if it works. You never know. Uh, but at the end of the day, I don't want anybody to be discouraged by things that come up on these reports, especially if it's your first time, please, please arm yourself with with as much education as you can Uh, in my experience as a guy that owns owns hundreds of homes um, and i'm very grateful to have worked my ass off to get to that point uh everything is fixable okay now there are certain foundation issues that i don't like to get into that's for a different episode but in most cases what we're talking about right now especially is fixable um so keep uh keep that in mind and then back to the termites usually this can be uh rectified by um uh getting upstream of the issue if you put a termite bond on the property uh, which is basically means that the termite company is uh, giving you, uh, for lack of a better way to put it, an insurance policy that you will not get termites. And if you do, they will take care of the damages and or repairs in most cases if you have a bond. Bonds can be somewhat expensive, depends on your market. If it's an extremely common uh, termite market or you're dealing with a very, very large home, the price of these can go up. If it's not an area that's very termite uh heavy uh, then it would be less expensive the uh, company will determine that uh, keeping in mind that termites love moisture so if you're in a pretty dry area you a little higher up on the uh, the hill than the other guy um, you probably are at less risk uh, they just love moist damp areas termites will also they burrow right they climb they build these tunnels and they climb so if you have a, a giant crawl space, um, then it's less likely you're going to get issues because they would have to put in so much effort to get themselves to a piece of wood. Usually, they'll just move on to the next house. That kind, of, all all things to keep in keep in mind. I am not a licensed uh, bug guy in any way, shape, or form, but uh, just have a lot of experience with it. Hell, I've bought a couple of houses in my day that were that I had known termites. They had active termites and tons of damage. I bought a house one time. Uh the uh the front window was completely just eaten up by the termites and they were active. They were living in there. And uh I didn't care because I went in, I was able to kind of finagle my way uh through the sheetrock a little bit and uh get it get a good picture. Uh that's how bad it was, that the sheetrock was kinda of coming off there, you know, and, and uh it was all wet. Um, uh, because they, they destroyed the window and then the moisture the rain came in, you know. So, um, uh, I, I took a little peek at it and I just, I kind of determined that it was just from that window to the foundation. So we were going to have to rip out, you know, maybe two or three feet of, uh, of, uh, uh sheet rock and, and studs, uh, I was going to need a new window because, uh, uh, it was just kind of destroyed from all the moisture and everything. Um, and, uh, new window new, uh, you know, they redid the studs in there and, and then re rocked it. It wasn't that big a deal. And then it, I think it was a couple pieces of, uh, I think it was Hardy board on the exterior. Um, and, uh, and I got a great deal on it because the seller didn't want to deal with it. Uh, you know, so and didn't know how to deal with it. Uh, they just moved on. You know, I think it was a out of state guy that owned several rental houses and he just didn't care anymore. And, uh, and, and I was right there and ready to do it. And, uh, and we got it done and, and that house is a very nice home for somebody. Now, of course that's a long-term rental and I'm way off in the weeds over here, but, uh, uh, that's not uncommon. Uh, guest complaints, guest makes a complaint, Alan. Uh, how do you, and you're a host, you're a host. How do you handle a guest that complains about things?
1: I mean, I want to put something. what you just said earlier is, yeah, bug, oh. bug damage is not the end of the world, but yeah, like moving on, like guest complaints, it's, um, I'd say the best way to do this is get ahead of it, you know, upstream. Like it, it, Luke, you've talked about this in some other episodes as well. You call it the purple apple, where you're trying to explain to people that there's going to be some unique aspects to this property. You know, the driveway is steep. You know, there's there's some other you know quirk about the about the property. Maybe not a, a quirk, maybe not the best word for it, but something unique about the property that you want to make people aware of ahead of time, so it is not a surprise to them when they get to the property. That heads off an enormous amount of. What otherwise might come across as complaints, but if they do, you know, find something like, Hey, you know, there's, there's no frying pan here in this property, or, you know, Hey, the AC is not working like we want, you know, this, this is a good opportunity to, to make them feel like you're the, you're the Marriott, you're the Disney. You want to make them feel comfortable. You want to roll out that red carpet, say, you know, we'll, we'll get this taken care of. And, you know, here's your options as far as, you know, what, what we can do to, you know, make this right and you know it, it's going to depend on the nature of the complaint if it's going to be like you know hey there's hair in the bed here or something like that there's hair on the bed sheets or if it's something major like hey there's a you know there's a, a raccoon in the attic or something like that it's going to vary you know from from issue to issue and and Luke, feel free to chime in here but there's going to be a lot of things you can do as a, as a host to make them feel like you've got things in control you're going to take care of things and um that you want them to have a good time on their vacation because that's what you want these people are out here you know spending their hard-earned money on the uh, vacations and you want them to feel like this is a place where they can relax and make some good memories
0: yeah you know upstream is the key there for me that's uh, i i use that for everything in my life and it is a book actually um check it out it's simply called upstream and it's basically you know getting uh building a dam on things that are happening repeatedly so that they it will hold water and make that stop happening um, and, uh, and and again, if you use the short term shop, you'll get me. I mean, I've been doing this. Anybody, I, I've got uh, thousands of uh, reviews and, and reservations on my resume, and uh, um, uh, very very well qualified to uh, to take care of any uh, kind of management issues or questions that anybody has. And of course, I teach Management Monday. If you buy a house with Alan, you come to Management Monday with me as many times as you want. It's free. Um, so, uh, um, and th- that's the beauty of what we've got going on here at the shop. Uh, you don't have to worry about stuff like that. I mean, you do have to handle it, uh, but, uh, you won't be on your own. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be your property manager. Uh, Alan's not going to be your property manager, but we will, we have been through anything that anybody, uh, uh has, uh, uh, anxiety about that you're nervous about and we can help, you know, we'll be a shoulder to cry on, uh, even when you do get, uh, the dreaded bed bugs. Uh, let's not talk about that anymore. Uh, But, uh, yeah. So, um, what about, uh, weather related incidences? Uh, obviously, uh, uh, snow uh, is going to happen occasionally. Power outages, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, so the the snow snow storms that are going to be you know hefty enough to like get people to like want to cancel or back out or even you know get trapped in a place if it catches them by surprise. That does not happen very often out here. Again, you know, like you know, it's every five to seven years. It seems like there's there's some fairly hefty snowfall where it kind of puts a pause on things, and at least in the DC area, and then you know out in the mountain markets, they're usually a little bit more accustomed to getting heavy snowfall. Uh, Usually, you know, it's it's not uncommon for people to get eight to twelve inches every year, and uh, you know they're kind of used to it. Uh, If you've got a property that has a gravel driveway or something like that, that that can make it a little bit more tricky sometimes for for you know folks who aren't accustomed to driving in snow. Just make sure people know about that. And if there's weather incoming, you you, uh, oftentimes your guests are going to be on top of that, but make sure you're being proactive as a host and make people make people aware of it and say, hey, just as a heads up, you're going to have some awfully pretty, uh, you know some snowfall around there is going to turn things into this winter wonderland while you're there just want to make sure you're uh, aware of it and make sure you're prepared to be able to drive in snow and if uh and if they'd rather cancel you know um uh, you know i guess different hosts are going to have different opinions on this but um yeah, sometimes people don't don't want to be uh, you know trapped in a cabin or they don't like the idea of having to like navigate snow or anything else like that so take that into account maybe uh you know maybe put the shoe on the other foot if if you would want to be able to like back out of a, a reservation like that maybe that's the right thing to do to, to let them do that i don't know if, uh, luke you might have a, a different take on this
0: well i go both ways on the weather cancellations uh i i kind of hint to uh i used to be very strict on it i've changed over the years uh, you got to evolve every year is a different strategy and a new way of uh, doing things just to make sure you're at the top of your game it's like any other business on the planet you know um, if you're sitting there doing what worked three years ago, it's probably not going to work anymore. And the same holds true if you're a basketball player or whatever else, you know? So, uh, um, I used to be very strict on that. Now I'm not, I, I do have it in my listings. Hey, if there's a, a storm or a weather related issue where you're going to have to cancel no refunds for weather. Um, I've, I've gotten a lot more lenient on that. I've kind of taken to the the, the, thought, the thought that if uh, if you can't get to my house or don't want to come to my house, then here's your money back. No problem. Uh, I'll move on. You move on. And we'll go about our, our day and our way. These people are, are working hard in most cases to save up for these vacations. I mean, you don't even know what the real reason is. They could be blaming it on the snow when they're fighting with their wife or whatever. And the or they ran out of money and they can't even get to get to your house. You have no idea, you know? So um, I've just, uh, in my old age of lightened up big time and, uh, I've gotten them saying, Hey, you know what, if this isn't going to work out for you or whatever the case may be, um, let's go ahead and, uh, uh, and we'll give you a refund, but it's case by case. I saw the time that are super strict. I am never giving you a penny back and I don't think they're wrong. Um, I'll be honest. I don't do it that way anymore because it is, it's more work to do it that way because the guest is going to throw some fits and have some drama and it's going to be a draw, long drawn out thing over 600 bucks. And, um, uh, I, you know, in most cases I, I got a pretty damn good chance. I can get that thing rebooked anyway, depending on the time of the year, you know? So, um, there's no right or wrong answer there. I don't think, but to me, the right answer is whatever's gonna make my life easier so that I can enjoy, enjoy more time with my family, you know? So, um, and, and, discounts in general, you know, I just forget the weather or, or, or just somebody decides they want to cancel I'm not going to give a discount, uh, for, for really anything. That's a different, different story, uh, than somebody not wanting to come to the house. So like if somebody says, Hey, can I get a, can I get a boy scout discount or whatever it is, you know, uh, whatever it could be anything. Um, uh, I always just say no. And I, and I'll be honest, my prices are already, already as good as they're going to be. You know, I mean, they're, I'm not like gouging or. I feel like my prices are pretty fair. So if you're the type of person that's asking a lot more than your neighbor, then maybe you do. Maybe hell, maybe that's your whole strategy. Maybe you're offering uh, a elderly discount or a military discount. Like that's the and your headline in that case. Then maybe your prices are a little higher than mine, and then you offer the discount to try and draw those people in. It's a marketing tactic. I don't do that. I like to just offer the best price right out of the gate to make everybody's life again easier. I like to be. I like things to be easy, uh, simple. Uh, don't overthink. You know. Um, but uh, discounts in general, I'm not gonna do it. Here's a perfect example. I uh, I had a guest yesterday. This is in a, on a beach market. And I have a, 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 a what I w- where I come from, we call it an in-ground pool. And Avery always says it's just a pool. We don't call it an in-ground because a above-ground pool is not a real pool. Luke and I'm like, well, where I come from, uh, all we could afford was an above-ground pool from the Sam's Club. You know what I mean? But uh, I've got a pool at, at one of my beach houses, and uh, this guest they just checked in. Uh, this was a couple days ago. They checked in and they said the pool's full of bugs. Uh, this was a discount seeker and it was very easy to figure that out. This home actually I have the pool clean twice a week. The uh, area standard is once a week. So my pool is in theory twice as clean as every other pool in the entire city. Uh, this is also the number one rental property in this city, a city of Destin, uh, Florida. It uh it does better than I, I'm currently sitting at number one gross revenue for the entire city for for uh, four bedroom property, according to Price Labs. So I'm proud of that. But um, th- another thing here, Alan, just to prove my point that my there were no bugs in this pool, uh that pool was clean the day before. My pool company uh takes pictures and writes an itemized report of as to what they did to it and uh, how much pH and all this or whatever the t- technical terms of all the salt and the chemicals. It's a saltwater pool. Um, and so, and it's brand new by the way. So this is a brand new saltwater pool. I've had it completely redone. It's not a brand new pool, but I had it completely redone. Um, and, uh, it's gorgeous. And I had pictures of it gorgeous the day before. So I told her, I said, Hey, um, you know, that, how that pool is clean, professionally cleaned twice a week. I do have pictures in the inspection report of the pool from right before you checked in. Um, and they'll be back tomorrow, uh, which is, which is today. Uh, so they come on uh, well, we don't need to, it's Tuesday. They come on Tuesday, it's Tuesday, Saturday and Tuesday. Um, so I never heard from her again. And it was extremely obvious that she was fishing for a discount uh, to me. Cause I've been doing this for a long time. So I just put in my system in my, I'm not going to give you a discount system where I have pictures and proof. And, uh, I, I have a cleaner pool than everybody else on the, on the block, you know, uh, and I shut her down and, and she, uh, actually just kind of disappeared. I haven't heard from her since. So, um, um, you know, occasionally you're going to get somebody like that that's kicking around for some cash, and uh, and sometimes you might be better off just giving it to them. Quite frankly, but uh, if you've been doing this a long time and you start to learn little tips and tricks like that, make sure your pool guy takes a picture. Uh, then, uh, then you'll be just fine. Uh, but, but again, you know, was it worth my time uh, when you're new? Is it worth your time versus how much is it going to cost you? Those are those are really kind of the two things to. Uh, To keep in mind, let's talk about locks. Everybody worries about deadbolts and uh, the batteries dying and things like that. Simple, man, simple. Put a lockbox on the house somewhere, have a key in it. So if the batteries in your digital deadbolt die, you got a backup plan. One more tip on that. Do not put the lockbox with the key in it anywhere near the front door. It needs to be kind of off in the side or maybe behind you if you're looking at the front door. Because if it's on the front door or near the front door, they're going to try and put their code into that lockbox and they're going to message you at 11 o'clock at night and say, I can't get in the house. Because they didn't realize that the deadbolt had a push button on it, you know. I've had that hundred happen a hundred times before. I moved the the lockbox. Just things you learn the hard way, you know. Um, uh, a pool maintenance. Or do we have many pools in this area?
1: Pools are not super common. You're gonna find hot tubs more commonly than pools, but they are yeah. becoming a little bit more uh, a little bit more common. And I, and I'd say that's probably gonna be a little bit. Um, uh, I'd say that's going to become a a lot more of a, a draw here in the Shenandoah area in the future. So that's definitely worth keeping in mind is, you know, finding somebody to maintain that pool and keeping it clean for, for guests and stuff like that. Definitely something worth factoring in.
0: Yeah. And the hot tub is just going to be, you know, simply your cleaner in most cases uh, and maybe not all the time. And it depends on your area. Uh, but I would, I would definitely ask the cleaner that when you're interviewing them, Hey, can you do the hot tub for me? And if they say no, or if they've never done it before, um, it's, it's a pretty simple job. You just got to drain it and clean it and fill it back up again and put the chemicals in the floater. Again, I am not a licensed, uh, hot tub cleaner, uh, aficionado or, uh, anything like that. So make sure you're doing what the local county requires, which in a hot tub, in most, most cases is going to need to be drained and filled, uh, between each guest. Um, and again, that should be part of your cleaner's job. So just discuss that uh, with them. I know you got a lot of fires in this market. Um, are there places that will deliver firewood?
1: So that is a great question. Uh, a lot of So if you have like a, a homeowners association or condo owners association, oftentimes you can ask and they will be providing at least a certain amount of firewood for guests that state your property. Uh, and that that is sometimes an option. I'd say if you're in the, like a single family home or something like that, you you know, even if it's in in an HOA, if it's a single family home, I wouldn't count on that being the fact and they're, they're here in Virginia, they get, they get pretty, uh, uh, they get pretty persnickety about where you're sourcing your firewood from. I don't know how common it is in other States, but here they are pretty serious about not moving firewood from County to County. So if you are somebody who wants firewood during your stay, or if your guests are going to want firewood. Uh, it's highly likely that they're going to frown on you, uh, having somebody bring firewood from two counties over or something like that. So, but a lot of people and locals have uh, realized this and they're they're getting pretty industrious. They will set up firewood stands, uh, you know, pretty close within a mile or two of most of these vacation markets. And, uh, you know, they make it pretty apparent, you know, they'll put up big signs by the side of the road and they make it pretty easy to get firewood. So I'd say for single family homes and stuff like that, uh, I would say, for your guests, so let them know that they're going to have to plan to source their own. You can even put, a, put up a couple of links. I think there's a website out there where, you know, folks can actually um, source local firewood. And uh, so, yeah, I would say, you know, advertise to them, Hey, bring your own firewood. And here's a couple places you can get it, make it easy for them. And if there's a condo, if they're staying in a condo, you guys have out here, uh, oftentimes there's a, at least a small supply of firewood that they'll make available to guests and, and things like that.
0: Yeah. And I will say that I'm anti-fire. Um, uh, wood fire. Uh, it's just it's too, a little too risky for me, a little too dangerous. A lot of folks on vacation are drinking and things like that. So I personally would discourage, um, actual wood burning fires of any kind. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you work it into your system and, uh, it's part of your marketing plan, then, then so be it. Um, uh, make sure you everybody's being safe, obviously. Um, and then what about rentals? Uh, you know, uh, it's a very large area. Um, uh, am I going to be able to find like a baby rental place or, uh, Anybody, Did anybody do the golf cart thing? I can't imagine the, the doing golf carts, but maybe bicycles.
1: Yeah. Every once in a while, you're going to find stuff. So like in resort communities and stuff like that, if you want to do like mountain biking or something like that, yeah, they're going to have like in their ski shop, they'll kind of switch over from, you know, skiing to mountain biking. You'll be able to rent stuff like that, but it's not common to find like golf cart rentals or stuff like that. You. You may be able to find something for like baby equipment, like, you know, pack and plays and high chairs and stuff like that. You need for stuff like that. But I would recommend that people stock their cabins with that, you know, have that in a little storage cubby or something like that, just tucked away to be available for guests. Cause if you have that right on hand, it uh, eliminates a lot of concerns, a lot of hassle the guests might have to worry about if they, if they come into town. And if, and uh, if, if you don't have that in your property and somebody asks about it, it's easy to drop ship that from Amazon, you know, and get it there in, you know, two or three days' time. And uh, you can, you can have it just your cleaner and, you know, stuck. Tuck it away and, you know, or stick it in a master closet or something like that. It's easy to take care of stuff like that. So there's not a lot of rentals that I would, uh, I would tell people to be super aware of here in the Shenandoah. But it's again, you know, those, those are some amenities that it's nice to be able to show off on your listing. So keep that in mind. Yeah. Uh, I, I did actually hear
0: recently, uh, that Airbnb said the number one question, number one thing that guests ask. Now I need to clarify this uh, this uh, statistic because everybody's such a statistic junkie. From what I understand, is the the statistic was based on the guests asking questions to the host. Uh, the number one thing that they ask for, or if they have, is a uh, pack and play. Um, and when I heard that, I was actually anti um, until I heard that, and then I, I ordered. A, well, I actually have two of them in a couple of my houses. Uh, but again, talk to your lawyer about that. Make sure that uh, they feel that that is, uh, you know, a liability that you want to deal with. And uh, maybe it needs to be in your rental agreement. We're not here to offer any kind of legal advice. But I did hear that recently straight from Airbnb that everybody's asking for pack and plays. They actually do have a pack and play button on the Airbnb dashboard. So does Verbo. Um, so you can say, yes, I do have that. No, I don't have that. Um, cool. Cool. What else Do we miss? Uh, you know, management is going to be, ca- just to be completely this uh, management will be, uh, covered in in great detail. Uh, if you purchase a home with a shop, you'll come to management Monday with me as many times as you want. You'll have access to me personally anytime. I also have a podcast on that subject. If you're looking for more on management uh, and day to day, uh, uh, you know how to run a short term, check out my podcast called Short Term Rental Management, appropriately titled. Um, but, uh, Alan, did we miss anything or how we doing?
1: No, I think we actually ran it out pretty well. I think we covered most of the bases here. If there's any other specific questions, yeah, please, uh, reach out to me. Alan at the a L a N at the short shop.com reach out to us. And, uh, yeah, we can we'll be happy to get, and I think you've got office hours as well. If you've got you know, questions, you can reach out to them. And I think those are on Thursdays. Luke's probably got the details for how to get in touch with them, sign up for that. But yeah, please come and talk to us. Ask us your questions. We'll be happy to help you. Yeah, we're we
0: are very available. In other words, we want to uh, to help you in your journey uh, with with the uh, vacation home rentals and things like that. So, um, yes, we do. You can talk to Avery and myself uh, live uh, almost every Thursday. It's a uh, uh, strquestions and of course the If you want to talk to an agent, um, and uh, and thank you for listening. We're very grateful to have you, and uh, we will be back with episode ten of short term. Show special episodes, Shenandoah.